Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Hi, welcome to Buzzworthy Radio here on blogtalkradio.com and on buzzworthyradio.net. I'm your host, Nadal J. Lee. It is the first day of September 2010, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Pacific. We are going to be joined by the fantastic Lane Davies. Yes, and I mean fantastic, by the way. Great actor, uh, great thespian all around. Uh, he has, uh, well, I just learned, actually, not too long ago, that it's been cast in the web series The Bay, which is set to premiere in two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. We're going to be talking about that as well as the fact that many fans will also remember him for his role on Santa Barbara as Mason Capwell. So we're, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, I'm ecstatic, you know, all of the above to, to speak with this man. Uh, just wanted to give you, again, a little bit of a heads up about the day um, before we bring him on, uh, that, again, it will start airing in two weeks on Blip TV and on thebaytheseries.com. And it also was picked up in 19 countries for television distribution some of which include Spain, Italy, and the U.K. So that is fantastic news right there. Um, they're working on right now a television distribution deal for getting it aired in 25 million homes in the U.S. So I am crossing the fingers there. But if you you can be a part of the season finale of The Bay uh, yourself by donating into the Kickstarter campaign, I will get you that link in just a moment, but uh, I know that if you do donate, there are several, several different. Uh, what's the word I want to use? There are several different. Uh, can I say the word prizes for it? I guess I can use the word prizes for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you pledge a certain amount of money or more, if you back up the uh, the season finale, if you go to Kickstarter.com/slash/project/slash/LaneyFilm/slash the hyphen bay, hyphen the, hyphen series, hyphen season, hyphen finale, you'll be able to basically bring it up. We'll have the link up there on the website for you as well for where you can do it. They pledged $12,117 so far. And there are three days to go to reach their $15,000 goal. Good job, you guys. I'm very, very happy for you. Awards. Yes, that's the word. Thank you very much. Awards. I think that's the best word for it. <laughs> Prizes, awards. Uh, we'll go with awards. It sounds much more professional. But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are joined by the wonderful Lane Davies on the air right now. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for coming on to this show. It's a pleasure. I want to first start off by saying it's an honor to, to speak with you, for being a fan of yours for so many years, to have the chance to speak with you right now. It, it's pretty much I'm humbled. I'm humbled right now. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> I mean it. I mean it. I, I really, really am. It's just I, I never thought in my lifetime I would ever have the opportunity to speak with you, and to now finally have that happen. I'm right now. I I'm speechless. I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> You're a young man of taste and perception. I'm 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 flattered by your uh, flattery. 
Well, thank you uh, uh, very much. Uh, let's uh, let's get right into it. Uh, you know, as I was saying before, you got on the line that uh, again not too long ago, actually just recently, when you had emailed me, I, I had found out you were on the Bay now, which is at the air in two weeks from today. Uh, let's describe your character on this for a little bit. Well, um, I'll let you know more when I've actually shot something. Gregory and I have uh, discussed the character, but I haven't actually started filming my part. You know, I'm taking over for John Callahan. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Detective Mackenzie Johnson, and, and he's, um, he, you know, I won't say he's a standard police detective because he does tend to go sort of outside the envelope from time to time, but... Um, Beyond that, there's not a whole lot I can tell you because um, I haven't started filming anything yet. Oh, okay. Definitely let us know once that once that starts. And how was your how was your little little vacation there? I mean, I know we were conversing. You had a uh, went away before we get into everything else. How was that? Was it fun? Right. It was. It was, uh, it was fun. I was actually sort of doing a cameo in a film in Kazakhstan, of all places, um, which <laughs> is fascinating. Uh, country, um, and a very progressive country, um, and then I wound up, uh, there, there's a tycoon there who sort of built a lot of Kazakhstan over the last 15 years that I met at a film festival um, three years ago, and he invited me to stay for his daughter's wedding and um, put me up in his hotel and all of that stuff, so I basically was wined and dined in Almaty, Kazakhstan for 10 days. It was quite pleasant. You're, you're, are you now over the jet lag? Are you are you finally over it? I think I think so. I, I've been going to sleep a little bit earlier than normal, but other than that, I, I'm not feeling uh, too many side effects from the trip. But now I've been back, you know, three or four days now. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, did you, when you heard about uh, the baby being picked up for television distribution in 19 countries overseas? I, as I've been saying, I mean, that's really, really exciting, and that definitely is the best thing to happen for us, especially for something that hasn't even started airing yet, which will start airing in two weeks. I think that's absolutely phenomenal on this stage uh, with with daytime television, with how it is right now, because as much as I don't like saying it, I consider it to be a dying breed. And, it, you know, hearing about this now, you know, that that seems like it's giving people a lot of hope for, for daytime and folks in general. Right. I, um, yeah, dying breed might be a little bit harsh. Uh, endangered species, certainly. But I, I think that the serial form is always going to be here. And, and I think once, once daytime figures out a, a more cost-effective way um, – Produce the shows, then, uh, then, uh, then I think its survival will be ensured. It's just you know when you've got suits pushing you to, to have one highly paid person and then a small crew to do a talk show or a game show or something like that, it, it's very hard to justify the amount of money that soaps cost these days. Um, mm-hmm. But they can be done. Um, they can be done for less, and I think I think eventually it will it will be a sort of war of attrition. But I don't think they'll go away entirely. And if, uh, and while that's going on, they've started to um, they've started to cre- the serial form has crept into nighttime. I, you know, as you, I'm sure you've noticed, almost every 
nighttime show, every episodic show is not really episodic anymore. They're ongoing stories right. that are essentially just soap opera stories. You know, who's who's sleeping with who and that sort of thing. Uh, in every, almost every ongoing nighttime show. So, the serial form is alive and well. The old school um, daytime television show where everything is shot on one giant soundstage with a really paid, really large cast, that form may gradually fade away, but it will be replaced by, uh, it will be replaced by uh, something similar. Yeah. That's my opinion, which is worth very little to I doubt that. <laughs> I doubt that highly. Uh, so how did you um, how did you first uh, get into acting? I know that you were you did theater before um, you got into the uh, the soap game. You started off in theater. Right, right. Actually, it, it's sort of in the genes. My mother and father met doing Little Women, you know, back in uh, you know the 1700s, and um, they uh, they did community theater all their life. So I was I was always around it, you know. So I just sort of fell to it. I got tired of working backstage and started insisting that they would put me on stage. And um, one thing led to another. All right. Have you did you ever picture yourself wanting to get into the the soap the daytime drama? genre, because I know before you got onto Santa Barbara, uh, I know many probably will not remember the fact that you were only on Days of Our Lives for a year, less than a year? About a year. About a year. And you played a character on there, um, um, the doctor, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, and you were involved with uh, Suzanne Rogers' character? That's correct. Yeah. And it didn't really it didn't really last long because they didn't really give you much to to do on that well, on that show in their defense i you know i don't think i was very good i i the character was you know sort of mopey brainy neurosurgeon and um you know i was never that that sort of bare-chested throw the girl on the bed kind of actor and I, you know, I was really sort of, I hadn't done much camera work, and I was really kind of finding my way. Um, and so, you know, the, the writers never really responded to the character, and, and to be perfectly honest, I never really responded to that character. He, um, and so I, I, I can't lay the blame on, on anybody. It was a learning experience for me. So, uh, and it led eventually to Santa Barbara because they sort of remembered me and they brought me in for that part. And, and everything about the Mason character sort of clicked with me and my skill set at that particular time in my career. How would, in your own words, how would you describe Mason Catwell to, to everybody? I, you know, my soundbite is that he was a vulnerable villain. You know, um, people... Um, understood why he was bad when he was being bad, generally. I liked his uh, complexity. That's what made him fun to play. And that's he, was, he, was, he was very complex, and he, he had a dark sense of humor, in my opinion. Yeah, um, that, yeah that, that, that sort of acerbic sense of humor was one of my favorite things about him. 
uh, its sense of humor is something that's sadly lacking in daytime these days. If I can be a curbside critic, um, I, and I oh, think that's one reason Santa Barbara is so fondly remembered is that we had the writers had a sense of humor, and we had a sense of humor about the work. Not that we didn't take the work seriously, but we didn't take ourselves too seriously in the work most of the time. Right. I, and right. I, it's right. a sense of fun about that show that that uh, that I find lacking in other shows. It's funny you said that uh, with that description because I heard about it my entire time. I finally got to see it maybe about two years ago on YouTube with the infamous The Sea falling on Mary uh, out of the Capwell building. I'd never seen it before until two years ago. It was my first time seeing it. And I always heard so much about that specific moment of Santa Barbara history. Uh, seriously, when that was going, when that script you were reading that, and that was bound to happen to her, did you just basically look at that and go, "Are you serious?" Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't remember my exact. Um, I, yeah, I don't remember my exact reaction. Uh, you know, I think we were all so shocked that Harley was being written off at that point that the the method in which she was written off you know, didn't didn't really register. I, I can remember going to the writers and saying, You're gonna burn the studio down if you don't give yourselves an out you know, and they you know, wash her <laughs> over the side, wash her into the sea, do something, but don't squash her like a bug and, you know, make it so final and they said, No, no, we, we don't want we we want it to be final, blah 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 and then of course they did almost burn the studio down. <laughs> but that's taking you know it's one of those things you, you you get a scene like that and you've got to you've got to play it for all it's worth in spite of the sort of absurdity of the uh, uh of the situation yeah i mean hey it was it was interesting i'll give it that much i mean it definitely was something folks have never really done before and uh <laughs> and never will again <laughs> I mean, just watching the wire snap, I'm going like, oh, my God. <laughs> my, that was my initial reaction to me, and I was only 23, and I was just like, geez, man. One of the relationships that everybody was following in love with during the show's time was the Mason and Julia uh, relationship on the show. And we had um, Nancy Lee Grant on the show a few weeks ago, and we did talk about that. Uh, she had mentioned there was a time you two were not speaking to each other. <laughs> that, and that's putting it uh, euphemistically, you know. There, there was a time we practically had to be restrained. Um, but it was always an exciting relationship, you know, and the, and the audience always seemed to like it. No matter, uh, you know, how things were off screen, they always seemed to like it on screen. Right. As a, my running gag, my running joke is that they, they could never tell if we were close to copulation or strangulation, but they seemed to like it either way. So um, it, was, it was an interesting, you know, point in my life, and I think it was a point when... Um, when I was taking things a little bit too seriously, and I felt like the writers were trying to domesticate Mason too much, and I missed those days of him, you know, changing pregnancy tests so he could sleep with his stepmother and things like that. 
it wasn't it wasn't just Nancy, I'll say that, but we wanted different things for the character and the relationship and we're both extremely hard headed people, or at least we were then. We No, we, we you still are. <laughs> we've mellowed a lot though and we pick our battles more carefully, I think. Uh, yeah. but it was an it was an interesting time. <laughs> It was just, you see, even though she mentioned that, she she said that you guys finally came together, and she still loves and respects you. Um, I love the fact that everybody still remembers the Santa Barbara days uh, uh, throughout history. And why was it, uh, why did you decide to leave the show when you did it was just, um, it was time. You know, it wasn't just a relationship with Nancy. That was, a, you know, probably a contributing factor because, um, but the, the main reason was I just felt like it was a time in my life where I needed to move on to something else. So, and I also needed to rest. You know, I, I was running a theater company and I was doing some music stuff and I was just about to put myself into an early, early grave. So I, I, you know, quit the show, and Todd McKee and I up and traveled for seven months. We went around, you know, studied French for a month in the south of France. And, uh, you know, I hung out in Switzerland while he, hung, while he hung out in the south of France for another month, and then we traveled, and you know, for the next, like, five months. Went all the way around the world. And that gave me time to get my, you know, get my uh, perspective on things. It's nothing like travel to sort of uh, uh, center yourself. Did you ever think that you would go back to working on soaps? Because I know shortly after, well, not shortly, four years after that, you played Ridge Forrester for a short time when Ron Moss was away. Right. How did that come about? Right. Well, that was, uh, it was one of those things. I had shot a pilot. It was like my third pilot or something, and, it had gotten picked up but didn't start filming for several months, and the Bells called me and offered me a, a very nice amount of money to just basically come in and and make out with with uh, Ron's women for six weeks or so while he's in Italy. I said, I can do that. So um, I guess you can. <laughs> I did, but... Um, no, I, I mean, my plan was to come... As odd as it sounds, my plan when we were traveling, was to come back, uh, move to New York, get in a New York soap, and do New York theater. That was my career plan. And um, Todd's plan was to, to come back to L.A. and get in a sitcom. Well, we, we we got off the plane, and he walked right onto Bold and Beautiful, and I walked right into a sitcom pilot. And the next ten years were the exact opposite of what we talked about doing. I, I spent the next ten years doing mostly sitcoms, you know, something like 50 guest stars over over the years. And some of those were Lois and Clark and The Practice and things like that. But the bulk of my career in the 90s was um, either I did four sitcom series and seven pilots and umpteen guest stars and recurring. But it was almost all comedy. You know, thank God I was funny or I probably would have been, you know, back in daytime within six months, but I was never one of those actors who said, uh, you know, I'll never do daytime again. I always loved doing daytime, and I'd always plan to do more of it. 
it's funny. I, uh, I, I remember the sitcom of the Golden Girls when you were on the last season as the, as the, uh, the, the lawyer. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite moments ever. I just wanted to throw that out there. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, uh, you know, I did, I did almost the entire Whit Thomas canon in those days because I did, I did a couple of series for them and then I guested on, on, I think I guessed it on every show but Blossom. And because they had like six on the air at one time, yeah. but that well, those old gals, because um, that was the heyday of Betty White and you know B. Um, Arthur, uh, Rue McClanahan that I later worked with on the Mommies and Estelle Getty. When those girls sat down at the table, you know, for that first read, you knew exactly what was going to work and what was not going to work. I have never seen a more professional bunch of ladies in my life, and they had fun all week long. It was, you know, it was just a great gig for them, and it was a great, it was a great gig to come in and guest on. <laughs> I love it. I love that episode. It was a great, it was a great show. Uh, let's uh, uh, turn gears, switch to General Hospital. You came on to General Hospital in 2000, and oh, you want to get my ears right? 2002. 2002. That, um, Right. I'm a little fuzzy myself. It might have been late 2001, um, 2002. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like, God, it, uh, they're all running together now. It, that, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's awful. For I'm 25, and I'm, I'm letting it all, like, fade away. That's not that's not a good sign, is it? <laughs> well, not, not at your age. No, at my age, there's some excuse. <laughs> um, let's go with that. Let's say 2002. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you came on in, in, in 2002 as uh, Dr. Cameron Lewis and reunited with uh, Nancy Grand, right? Now playing the role of Alexis Davis on the show. Uh, you had some great teams with uh, Tony Geary on the show as well. Uh, Love that role. That role in particular. I want to be blunt. I was not too fond of that character, only because at some points it really made me think that G.H. was trying really too hard to do a Mason Julia redux, kind of, but not, right. not so not so far to go to make it look like it was obviously that's what they were trying to do, but there were some points in there that they really, really were trying to show a uh, Mason Julia redux. Julia redux. All right. Right. The, the writers never really got a handle on that. And um, and it was very, you know, Nancy and I thought, because it was Jill Phelps that we worked with on uh, the other show, we thought, well, we've got a lot of time to get this going. We don't want to push it too fast. But then, you know, then it took too long because the first, I don't know, six weeks, two months I was on the show, her baby was dying, so... She had to put all of her energy into that, and then, um, and then she had, uh, she was a split personality. It's very hard to get a romantic thing going with somebody who's, you know, got dissociative disorder. And then as soon as she got over that, they put her in a beard and men's clothes, and that made it really hard to get anything romantic going. Um, so we were sort of grasping at straws, and I, and I think at, at one point they just said, let's, Let's just put this out of its misery. Mm-hmm. And there were some undercurrents going on. There's always undercurrents and political things going on in, in daytime. So, um, I, I, you know, I was 
really glad to just sort of step back out of that. Right. Right. Did you speak out a lot during, not just Tom Zeta Hopple, when you were on Santa Barbara about what they were doing with the character, um, that you did not like, that you knew that was definitely out out of sync with what you were playing? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, more so with Mason because, you know, after you play a role that long, you feel like you know the, you, you do know the character better than the writer. So the, 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 the real stress in doing daytime, if you care about the character and you care about the work, is trying to stay true to the character, uh, you know, and not have story just imposed on the character. Um, and, and it's hard to strike a balance sometimes by just being a professional actor and saying, this is my job, they wrote it, I should play it, and having some loyalty and integrity as far as your character is concerned. So it was stressful for me on uh, Santa Barbara, not so much on Cameron, because I just never really got that attached to Cameron. I was, I was trying to just wait and see exactly what they wanted to do and do whatever I could do to make it interesting, you know, in the interim. But it turned out that, you know, that it never really got to be all that interesting. Cause yeah. That much to do, you know. He really didn't. Uh, it just, there was so much potential probably with the character that it just did not explore. I, I will not say they did not want to explore it because, I, again, I'm not on the other side of the pen. But just looking at it from the outside in, it just, it fell flat. It fell flat on a possible uh, exploration of the character, not just with with uh, Alexis uh, or Xander, since, you know, it was revealed that he was Xander's father. You know, there right. could have been so much more they could have done with it. But I know. I know. There's a lot of missed opportunities there. But, uh, you know, their interest was, you know, that, that show, they, I don't, watch it anymore. Uh, from time to time, I'll tune it in, but it always seems to be about four people, and I think that's where most of the writer's energies go, um, is into four or six characters. And, um, but, you know, but and in their defense, right. that's, what, that's what most soaps are built around, you know, a core of, you know, uh, two to three couples that keep people tuning in. Right. I don't have any, I don't have any ill feelings. Jill, Jill Phillips is a great girl, and um, you know, it, and it was a job for me. It wasn't like the old days um, when I considered myself just a, a daytime actor. Um, you know, most of my jobs by that time lasted a week, and that one lasted a year, which for me was great. <laughs> Everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to be all right," and I'm like, "I'm I'm fine," you know. You, you, you get used to uh, you get you can get so used to the steady work, but um, once you get used to it not being steady, it's it's not that um, it, it's not that traumatic to suddenly find yourself out of work. Well, between engagements, is, engagements is actually like I say. Right. So what has been what has been happening ever since uh, once you left General Hospital? What's been going on? What's been happening? What's been uh made a conscious decision in about 2000, in late 2004. My boys were just about to enter high school, and um, I I just made a conscious uh, decision to spend more time with them, and the best way to do that was to move back to Georgia, where I didn't have to scramble constantly just to, you know, earn a living and pay bills. Um, I also like the environment of uh, 
North Georgia better. And I wanted to get out of L.A. for a while. I was really tired of uh, all the cars and all the people, so I bought a little house on a lake in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, and that's that's where I've been ever since, except to go out and do theater in the region. I, I started another Shakespeare Festival in Tennessee, the Tennessee Shakespeare Festival, about three years ago. Um, I've been working a lot with Tennessee Repertory Company. I did Sweeney Todd and I Hate Hamlet and uh, directed mm-hmm. some. Um, King Lear at the University of Georgia, uh, Equus in uh, Louisiana. I've, I've just basically been sort of... Um, I'm lucky to be in a position financially where I can kind of pick projects that interest me, you know, and and those are the ones I do, and um, they they kept me much closer to home and closer to the boys because the teen years are critical years, and and now that they have just gone off to college, uh, I I'm, I think it was the right decision. One boy has transferred into Georgia Tech. In, biomedical engineering, and the other one has just started it at the University of West Georgia, about 45 minutes from his brother. Very, very good. Oh, we got we actually got an email, uh, a question for you um, from Colleen, huge Santa Barbara fan. Uh, wanted to know if, uh, were you close to Marcy Walker, Robin Wright, Carrington Garland, and, well, Todd McKee, well, we know the answer to that one. Uh, <laughs> while you were on the show, and do you still keep in touch with any of those people? I keep in touch with, uh, Marcy and I have gotten back in touch. Um, I, I, I can't say we were ever close on the show. You know, we were working colleagues. I was probably cl- a lot closer to A, Martinez, who remains a good friend. His daughter has worked in my theater company, and um, Jed Allen uh, and Todd, I was probably closest to those three guys on the show. Um, Todd, I haven't seen in a number of years, but uh, that's probably because we we spent so much time together, we just got, you know, sick of each other for a while here. <laughs> he was an almost ideal traveling companion. He was 13 years younger than me. Um, he had the sexual appetites of a young Rasputin, um, which... But that never bothered me. I, I was a little bit more settled by the time I traveled, but it was sort of the last gasp of my bachelorhood, too. And uh, Todd was relentlessly optimistic, which you sort of have to be, especially when you're doing, like, third-world travel. You, you see a lot of stuff you would just as soon not see. And, and if your uh, traveling partner is easily depressed, it can drag the whole trip down. But Todd was was uh, startlingly optimistic and upbeat almost that entire trip. I think we had maybe one one or two off days, you know, in that whole seven months we were out of L.A. traveling. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. And I think that was right. Florida caller, 240, how are you? Hello. Hi. Hello. I heard them say hi. <laughs> heard a hello, but that's about it. I, I they they did say hello. Uh, say hello again. Erica two four zero. Or not? <laughs> I think we put them on the spot. I think we did. 
or maybe the hurricane got them right before. Uh, yes, Hurricane Earl. What can I say? Well, I'm sorry, two four zero. Uh, we we uh, we definitely wanted to get you here to talk to talk to Lane, but I guess uh, didn't happen. But uh, I want to actually the half hour like flew, sir. Went by well, we Maybe we can get uh, maybe we can get Nancy on at the same time. She's a hoot. I'm sorry I couldn't crash that one. I, uh, the the last time she was on, I sort of wanted to do that, but. Oh, that was so much fun. I have to tell you, she just, she just, she's hysterical. Especially if you get her riled up on reality shows, yeah, it's, it's crazy hectic. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. Let, let me, let me pick this caller up. I think, I think this is someone. 330, you're on the line. How are you? What's your name? Hi, Darla. Hi. What's your name? Darla. Nice to meet you. You're on the line with uh, with Lane Davies. Hi, how you doing, Lane? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing great. It's great to hear you on the Blog Talk Radio here. Um, I got to tell you, uh, I love the Mason Capwell character. I uh, used to watch Santa Barbara back in the day, and uh, I think it was a perfect marriage of uh, character, actor, and writing. Oh, well, that's very kind of you to say. I had a good time for a long time on that show. Yeah, it was wonderful. I think it was one of the best written soaps. I mean, they had, uh, yeah, like you said, the humor was, was terrific. And uh, I like the fact that the storylines weren't dragged out for a long period of time. They they kind of kept things moving. We ate story faster than any other uh, show on the air. Yeah, and, and unfortunately I think that's what made it great, but I think that's also what hurt it because, you know, people, if you didn't tune in for a couple of days, you might have got a little lost. Right, right. But in any case, I had to tell you that. And I want to tell you, too, I, I did enjoy some of the uh, TV series that you did. Um, but like, uh, oh, shoot, The Crew. Oh, yeah. That was a fun that show. Was, that was. That, that was, was a really funny show. It was a good bunch of people. They're all still working now and then. I keep returning up and stuff. And there was one you did. I can't think of the name of it. It was with John Forsythe. It was he was a politician. Um, can't think of the name, but I, I like that one as well. Huh. I'm trying to think which one that one was. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> but it, but sorry. But anyway, um, yeah. I just want to say I'm looking forward to the day. So I hope you get fun. I'm one of the 25 million viewers that get to watch it on television. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, it's going to be interesting. It could be. Uh, I think Gregory is on to something. Uh, it, it's you know, it's only a matter of time before we have complete convergence with uh, television and the web. So um, I think Gregory's getting in on the ground floor with this. That's why we're a very bright man. So we're going to I'm glad to see Nick Coster is on there too. Yes. Oh, Nikki, we're gonna have some fun together. Yeah, a little mini Santa Barbara reunion there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Thank you so thanks. much. Thanks, thanks for calling in. Bye bye. Sure. Bye. Bye. It's funny the caller just mentioned something that I kind of just started chuckling about because I just real or just remembered about this when you left. 
You had a you had a nice little replacement there, did you not? That wound up showing an old Mason in the first part of that same episode, and then we see new Mason's face. Wasn't that something we had to deal with a cliff? Went over a cliff or something? Terry oh. Lester came into the part. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I didn't actually see the episode when Terry came on, um, but. Um, I know that uh, Terry and I later became really good friends. I, I had invited him to do a fundraiser with me, and we both sang uh, Where is the Life that Late I Led as a duet. And that led to a friendship. He wound up doing a number of plays for me, both with uh, Santa Susanna Repertory Company and uh, Kingsman Shakespeare, which is the Shakespeare Fest- my first Shakespeare festival that I spun off from uh, Santa Susanna. Was, I think uh, that's hysterical. I think that's hysterical. Just watching that, it's like, wait a minute, why? Wh- how did how did you manage to change your face going over a cliff somewhere? Like really? <laughs> uh, I, wasn't. I think that's yeah, I, you know how, how they pull that off. I I don't know, but it, I can tell you this: it wasn't me. For one thing, I was in the. Uh, I can remember I was floating in a pool in the south of France, and Louise Sorel said, "I hear that Terry Lester is going to play Mason." I said, "Oh, that's a good choice." So um, there you are. I couldn't have been me unless because I because I don't remember falling off the Moyen Corniche or anything like that. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, <laughs> I think uh, the the Florida callers finally made it through. Let's try you again, Miss Two Four Zero. You're back on the line. How are you? Is this me? That is you. I'm not in Florida, oh. so you threw me. Oh, well, there you go. I'm in Maryland. I'm in Maryland. That's why I was like, Florida, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm in Maryland. Um, cell phones are wonderful, you know, because you get all those different extensions. But I just wanted to say that Julian and Mason were my favorite couple of all time. They were always so smart and funny in their scenes. And I have a question. I just wanted to know, um, the Sonny Sprocket character, when Mason went off the beam, and I was yeah. just wondering, did you really enjoy playing that, and did you like it when Mason was over, you know, off the edge? <laughs> I, I did enjoy that. I can, I can remember, I mean, they, you know, it's sad to say they wrote that character just to split me and Nancy up for a while, because at one point they were afraid Nancy and I were going to kill each other. And um, <laughs> I've heard they, her say that. So they wrote that, uh, they, they wrote that character, and I remember Jill saying, you're gonna play a double character, and I said, can, can I make him Southern? Because I knew I could pull off Southern, and I wanted it to be different from Mason. So that's how, that's how that character came up, came about. Well, he was just a hoot. I think oh, yeah, I you, you do a wonderful job. Oh, you're another lady of taste and perception. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, before you be, before you go, uh, Marilyn Caller. Uh, well, first, what's your name? Oh, Sue. Sue. Um, what are you most excited about with the uh, with the bay starting to air up in, in in two weeks? Well, to be honest with you, I haven't seen it. Don't know anything about it. Oh, I'm technologically right. challenged. I have to listen on my phone because I can't get you up on my computer. You're not a person. No, I, I have issues. I missed the first twenty minutes because I just got home from work. Around the computer, how did you know about this show? I, I do Twitter. I, I I can do Twitter, but I I can't ever get your shows up, so I have to listen on my phone. Oh, that's interesting. 
I'm very limited on what I can do. Twitter's easy. <laughs> I just have to type and push the button. <laughs> See, I haven't heard that one yet because people say they don't understand Twitter. That's the most I've heard. Now Aaron and somebody say they get Twitter, and that's the main thing they use. So, well, I, I. I I heard it all today, ladies and gentlemen. I heard it all. <laughs> well, Lane needs to get on Twitter so we can talk. Well, I'll look into that. I, I, I don't. I haven't Twittered yet, and I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I, I don't know how to Twitter. Um, if I can I do it, will, anyone can. I will look into it. I promise I'll look. Well, follow Nancy. She's a hoot. Okay. I will. <laughs> all right. Thank you for speaking with me. <laughs> You're quite welcome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Marilyn right. Holler, too. There it is. Uh, That's funny. That's funny. Yes, you got to get on Twitter. I, I think that will be your New Year's resolution, is that Twitter is uh, Twitter will be your friend. Right. Right. I don't have to look into it. I just, you know, it's like I have a Facebook thing, and I go on about once a month, and that, and that seems... Um, a lot to ask sometimes. I, I'm just not good at keeping up with stuff, you know. If they ask anybody to send me a fan letter, I, you know, I, I responded to like five over the years, I think. Um, I was just... <laughs> five? <laughs> I was good about it for a while, but then I just got out of hand and, and I, it, it, they just became big piles of guilt for me. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm much more accessible than most people are, you know. I think because of that, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably one of the more accessible people of limited celebrity you'll run into. <clears throat> there you are. But thank you, sir. Again, I'm humbled. I'm everything of the sort that you're able to come here today. Um, I. Again, I'm about to end it, and I'm still, like, stuttery because I just cannot believe I just spent the last 45 minutes speaking with you. <laughs> um, we'll just do it again sometime. It doesn't have to be the last time. Uh, um, let's let's oh, no, do it again we're, when we're I... Gonna, we're going to do it again. <laughs> when I've actually shot some of the bay, um, you'll, uh, we'll talk more about it. I would love to. I, I really would love to do that. Thank you so much again. I It was a pleasure... Uh, I, I'm like grinning from ear to ear. This is great. <laughs> uh, thank you so much again, uh, sir. I, I, I'm just I'm equally humbly flattered and everything. It, it's great. Keep keep it up. I, I can't wait to see you on the bay. I'm looking forward to everything. So keep us posted. Too kind. I will do that. I'll do that. And you you've got my email. So keep me posted on what you're doing. Absolutely. I would love to. Thank you so much again. Great. I will Take talk care. to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lane Davies, everybody. Again, I just, I'm just so humble. I'm so speechless and flattered. You have no idea, folks, how much I wanted to talk to this man. And having the chance to talk to him on this show was a thrill for me. It was my first time talking to him here. And it was a great, it was a fantastic time. I want to thank you so much for coming into the show and taking a listen to Buzzworthy with Lane Davies. Uh, huge thanks to Lane. Huge thanks to the callers and the uh, email questions from Colleen. I will be taking off the rest of the week because it is Labor Day weekend. So I want you, whatever you're doing this weekend, I want you to make sure that you guys be safe. 
because, you know, this is the final, as people like to call it, the final weekend of summer vacation. Um, so make sure you guys, in whatever you're doing, I mean, party hard if you if you can, but be safe while doing so, all right? Because we want to see you back here when we have our next show, okay? So I'm signing off. I want you guys to make sure you get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Radio. You can catch all of our past shows on our website at buzzworthyradio.net, as well as here on blogtalkradio.com slash buzzworthyradio, as well as on iTunes. We're on iTunes, so you can definitely hit us up on there as well. Follow us on Twitter at Buzzworthy Radio, as well as join our Facebook fan page. I am Navelle J. Lee. I will see you guys next time. Have a good Labor Day weekend. Take care. Hey, this is Brandon Barras from General Hospital. You're listening to Buzzworthy Radio. I'm Jason Thompson from General Hospital. You are rocking it with Navelle on Buzzworthy Radio. Can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows, and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy.